Welcome to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be a resource to connect church and home by growing strong families. Hey, this is Bobby Cooley. Today on the show, we have two Eric's, Eric Conley and Eric Friedman. Um, We're just going to have a candid conversation about dad struggles. We all have struggles as a parent. There's no lie. And there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So we're just having an open conversation about some of the things we struggle with of, you know, as dads being emotionally available and uh, yelling and all the things that uh, we may struggle with. And just hope that you find some encouragement to know that you're not alone if you feel like you struggle in any of these areas. Uh, If you have any questions that you would like for us to answer, please email info at empoweredhomes.org and uh, we'd love love to get some feedback uh, as well as go to empoweredhomes.org for more resources on parent struggles or parent supports or anything to do with parenting marriage or personal growth so we'll start with eric friedman eric tell us a little bit about yourself and your kids and your family and all that stuff Thanks, Bobby. I'm a podcast rookie. This is my first podcast, so uh, appreciate you having me. I'm Eric Friedman. I have four kids. Uh, oldest is Nolan, and he is seven. And then we have Odell, who is five. And then Maddox, who is three. And our newest one, our girl, our only girl, is Harper, and she's about one and a half. And um, so, yeah, they keep me busy. They all have uh, different things. Harper's, our youngest, is. Um, Definitely our last one has been the, uh, she's the strongest willed child we've ever had. And, uh, so it's been fun though. She's, you know, being our, uh, our first and only girl, um, it's been really neat to experience that. So, but they're, they're all great kids and mostly because of their mom, but yeah, they, they keep us busy for sure. Yeah. What about their mom slash your wife? Yeah. So she's, um, she's currently, um, in children's ministry, um, working in children's ministry. She's awesome. She's, um, we met in college and, um, she's, uh, the most patient person I've ever met and, you know, living with me and, um, I can be an exasperator. And, uh, so she's been great. She's, um, she just loves the kids to death and cares so much for them and has a heart for kids in general, particularly our kids. And so, um, yeah, she's quite a blessing. I wouldn't be able to do it without her for sure. So. That's awesome. All right. To the other Eric, Eric Conley. Tell us about you, your family. The power of Eric doubled. <laughs> this is this yeah. is a unique situation right. for people named Eric to have another one of us. <laughs> Why well, have one when you can have two? That's right. Exactly. Um, much like Eric Friedman, um, I have a beautiful wife and four kids, the youngest of, of who is a, is a girl. Uh, I've got Jordan, who is seven, Cade, that is six, Hudson, that is three, and Grace, our newest addition, is almost eight months. Wow. And so we're just now starting to get to that point where you're sleeping again, which yeah. is, it's, it's a game changer, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and then my beautiful wife, Sarah, is, uh, we met we met in college and really have been together for the better part of 16 years now. I've been married 11 and um, she's incredible because she can put up with me and not (laughs) many people can do that. I actually kept the kids for less than 24 hours just a few days ago by myself. She was out of town and she came back and I was like, I don't, I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Like I, I barely survived. Yeah. 
It's so, incredible. Yeah, that's incredible that's awesome. life. So, Eric Friedman, how long have y'all been married? We've been married for eleven years. Eleven yeah, years. Just hit wow. that. Yep, a couple months ago. That's awesome. So yep. I'm about to hit twelve years next month nice. with my amazing wife Jen, and we have three. Um, so y'all outnumber us, but we have Charlie, who's seven, and Chandler May, our middle. She's a girl. She's five, and then Chapman West is our firecracker. He's two, and. uh we have a lot of fun at our house as well, and I'm the same boat. Um, my wife is incredible; couldn't do it without her, and uh, it's pretty awesome to have you guys as we're talking about these parenting struggles. The the reality is, like we all struggle as parents, and a lot of times we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about um, falling short or failing, or um, if we do, we talk about how terrible we are, and so there's guilt and shame, and we don't want that either. And so I hope um, today we just kind of have a just a quick, honest conversation about some of our personal struggles, um, and we all have them, and um, and, and kind of just go from there and see uh, how how we can use this to encourage others. So, Eric Conley, and share just the uh, one of your one of your struggles that you would say for you as a as a dad. Yeah, and this is something that I probably struggle with in every area of my life to some extent, but. I've noticed how it affects my kids is, is just being emotionally unavailable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, whatever preconceived notions I bring into being a man and being a dad, it, it's that you got to be strong. You got to look the part to be the part, yeah. even when that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this in a lot of ways, just over the last several years has, has just shown up and, and it's scary when you see parts of yourself that you don't really like start to come alive in your kids. Wow. And so, um, you know, I can tell tons of stories, but essentially when I see, especially my older two, Jordan or Cade, dealing with an issue, you know, being outcast at school or not doing well in sports or, or whatever the issue is, and you know that it's affecting them on an emotional level, but they're just like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, and they just look at yeah, you yeah. stone faced, and and you have to start digging. It's like looking in a mirror. Mm. And so for me, one of my biggest struggles is just when I'm walking through something, just saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm hurting. Mm. This is hard. You know, Dad cried, or you know, just just those transparent moments. Those are for whatever reason that's a, that's a big area that that I struggle with. Yeah, and not to get in your business, but like, how did you your dad? How did he, you know, was he emotionally available for you? You know, a lot of times we mirror that. Like, Yeah, he, he wasn't, I, I wouldn't say emotionally available. My dad is an incredible man of the Lord, um, you know, raised us, provide, he was an incredible provider, made our lives possible. Um, but there wasn't a lot of conversation about things other than how you're doing in school. You need to work on this in sports, you know, you know mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I brought, that's, that's some of what I brought into our marriage yeah. and, and to my, my father role. Yeah. And to yeah. piggyback off that, I definitely struggle with the same thing sometimes. And I think the natural tendency for men is to feel like we have to set an example and that example needs to be perfection. Like mm-hmm. we need to show our kids that this is the way you're supposed to live and, and we have to be perfect in that. And we try to hide you know, sometimes when we fail or we're, you know, we're struggling with stuff and that's just setting our kids up to fail because yeah. either they, either they just see hypocrisy in us or, or they feel like, you know, they can't, 
you know, ever be like dad. And so dad's perfect and I struggle with things. So I can't go to my dad to talk to him about anything. So either way, you set yourself up to fail. And I think the best thing you can do that I've start, tried to learn and it's challenging sometimes is that when you do fail, um, you set your kids up for success when you are willing to go to them and, and, and express that and apologize to them because then they, they can really know that I'm not going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. the way you handle that is to grow from it and to, um, you know, huh. so. I mean, have you, I can, I got an example, but I'll let y'all, do you have an example of apologizing to your kids when you blow it? <laughs> yeah, I've, this is a, a proud dad moment, um, coaching, uh, Jordan, my seven-year-old, coaching his basketball team, and he had a terrible day at school. Got in trouble for like the third, fourth, fifth day in a row, whatever it was. And you know, so you get a note written. Comes home, we go from him acting terrible at dinner to basketball practice. And so I've had an awful day at work. I get a note from a teacher. His behavior matches what teacher said, and then I'm going to coach eight at the time, six-year-olds in basketball, which is, I mean, we're talking a nightmare of a situation about to happen. And I handled it exactly as well as you think I probably did. Tore into a six-year-old for loafing, for not respecting me or the other coach. And for a 20-minute ride from practice to our house, I mean, I'm slamming my fist on our console in our car. I'm yelling at him. I'm... I mean, and I can't see him. It's dark, but he's just quiet. He's almost afraid. Like you can just mm. kind of feel the tension in the car. But in the moment, I didn't care. Yeah. And we got home and I sent him to shower and I'm venting to my wife and she's just in her kind eyes, just staring at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's yeah. six and she didn't have to say a word. And so he showered and got in bed and I went to him and I said, buddy, dad messed up. Mm. And the little, you know, prideful person that he is, he smiled and he looked at me and he said, dad, I knew you were going to come in here. Oh man. Cause that's <laughs> not the good. first time it's happened. That's good, man. And so I apologized and he forgave me yeah. and, and it was a, it was a good moment in our relationship that came out of yeah. a really terrible day. Yeah, I've gotten on to Charlie, my oldest, and Chandler um, so many times, and I've tried, you know, when I know, okay, I took it over the top, or I yelled, or kind of lost it a little bit, I try to apologize, you know, I do, you know, I bat for average, I try my best, I'm not perfect, but I love, my, my favorite thing is when I do apologize, just like you said, like, when Charlie goes, Dad, I forgive you, man, don't be hard on yourself, mm-hmm. and so, just having that line of communication, you know, I hope... He's still seven, you know. I hope when he's a teenager, we still respond when he when he screws up and mm-hmm. I lose it or whatever. Um, but I'm I'm working on it now to try to to be available, especially when I blow it um, to 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 have that. So, Eric, yeah, it's yeah. it. You know, every time it's it's not anything that I even remember why I got mad because it, yeah. it doesn't really matter because it's usually something really you know, insignificant and it's something that they maybe just, they were careless. So they broke something or they, you know, just been acting out. And, um, yeah, same thing with, with Eric Conley is that I just, I, you know, lose my temper. I yell, I, you know, I don't, you know, I put fear in them, you know, I hate that look of, Oh no, dad's getting angry. I'm Mm. afraid of him right now. And that's a, that's a really 
guilt-wrenching feeling afterwards when you realize, are my kids, do they see me as you know someone who just is an angry person? And so... Um, anyway, th- th- yeah, th- there's been, you know, several times that I've just lost too much and yelled too loud and, and, and really messed up. And I try, and there's been a few times where I, I go to them and I, and I want them to actually respond by, and I, so I ask them, did daddy get too angry? Mm. Yes. That's good. Is daddy, good. is daddy supposed to get that angry? Does God want us to be that angry and lose our, lose our temper? No. Mm-hmm. You know, does daddy still love you no matter what? Did he make a mistake? Yeah. But does he still love you? Yes. And so, like, I think that just getting them to respond and not just talking to them. That's good. And I don't even say, well, it's because, you, you know, I don't even, I yeah. try not to do that, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and so then it's just a big hug at the end and say, you know, do you forgive me? Yes. And then, you know. Because I want them to be able to do that with me whenever yeah, exactly. they make mistakes. And, exactly. And, so. you know, yelling, you said yelling. I mean, that's yeah. one of mine too. Like, yeah. um, I used to think, and I still kind of do because <laughs> my my dad, uh, like I want my kids to recognize the tone in my voice. Yeah. Like not to fear it, but to realize, oh, dad's serious. Yeah. And so there's a fine, fine line of, hey, I'm serious changing the tone to I'm barking your head off and you're five years old and me trying to recognize that, um, you know, how do y'all, how do y'all handle that of like wanting to be authority and wanting to, you know, change the behavior that's happening at the moment, but at the same time do it in a way that's not going to put guilt or shame or fear. Like y'all have any insight? <laughs> Cause I'm str- That's one of my big struggles is, is that, yelling and my voice and I know I can be really, really scary and I don't want to scare my kids. Yeah. I think, I think you want it to be impactful. And so if your response in any little thing is the cadence and the tone that it goes to that, okay, you're in trouble level. Then anytime they get in trouble, if they accidentally spill their cereal or if they try to sneak out of the house, like that's on the same level. If you're, if you respond the same way. And so one thing that we've tried to do is one limit limit the yelling. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah and I have had talks about you know we're both uh, we we struggle with that because you get tired and that's easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy just to just to holler right. Mm-hmm. Um, but two is to realize that every time we yell, we're training them to that that's the limit. Yeah. Like there's no there's no middle ground. Yeah. Like there's no accident versus intent. Like what yeah. you were talking about, Friedman, it's okay. You messed up. I'm yelling. And yeah. so you don't want your yelling to become noise. Yeah. So you got to pick and choose your time. Like if they're running into the street, that's appropriate time to yell. Like <laughs> yeah. this yeah. needs to stop yeah. immediately. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. as loud as you can, as mean as you have to say it because yeah, for their safety. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, Brad, he always mentions, you know, there's a difference between sin and an accident. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able, your kids got to recognize that too. You know, a kid, your kids who have sin or are sinning and have stuff going on, like the consequences for that, it's not the same as spilling their cereal, mm-hmm. right? So having that, it's something that, man, yelling is something I'll, I constantly work on. And I embarrass my wife at times because I'll yell at community group or I'll yell um, at different times. And I, like, I'm done afterwards, but I want to quick, I want to just stop. Like, you know, and it's not like I'm mad. It's just, it comes out. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of my upbringing too, that I've got to work on constantly. Um, Cause I've, I've been around adults and we've been running around and my kids hanging from a tree and I'm yelling at them. 
and I scare every adult in the room. And I look around, I'm like, oh man, I'm an idiot. Like I try not to, and I could have just went and pulled them off the tree. But, um, anyways, so for sake of time, uh, another big one, uh, you know, emotionally available, yelling, consistency is a big struggle that we kind of talked about, but, um, we all work in a church and so not to, <laughs> Working in a church, you deal with people, but most of the dads that are listening, they probably all have jobs and we can all relate, whether you're in the corporate world or you're in the church or whatever it is. Um, sometimes just work comes home with you, right? And sometimes you, um, it's hard for you to put the dad hat on when you're frustrated, when something happens at work or your boss is just riding you or something like you have a project that fails or what it fill in the blank. If you're listening, like we've all had those days where we come home. Um, how do you guys not let work affect you as a dad? Cause it's something I struggle with. Yeah. Um, when I, don't let it affect me, which is not all the time. Sometimes it does. I heard something that y'all probably heard uh, from Matt Chandler one time where he, you know, he said that, you know, every time he comes home from work, he has a moment and he he pulls up to his house and he has a moment in his car, whether it's a minute, five minutes where he intentionally resets himself. He has a moment of prayer Mm. um, and he just thinks about the, the importance and the weight uh, you know, the, the kingdom importance of what he's about to do is go inside his house and interact with his family. And yeah. that's more important than what he was just doing. And, and so he just, every day, every time he pulls up to his house, he has that moment and he, for, he makes it happen. And so I try and do that sometimes. And when I'm, you know, pull up to the house is they can wait a minute or five minutes. It's worth it for me to have this moment to just reset and be ready to just invest in my kids and give them all I have. And so that's been a cool trick that, you know, I've tried to use uh, most of the time and um, And it does help a lot to have that moment of quiet and just resetting. Yeah. Yeah. I find this, it's easier being in the environment that we get to work in. I think, Um, especially here at Kingsland where we're saying, Hey, the, the family, the parents are the primary faith trainers. And so, if we're not going to model that as people who work here, exactly. how, how can we communicate that out? But I came out of the corporate world and um, you're validated by what you bring to the table. Mm. Yeah. And so to, to be better than the guy next to you, your stuff on the table better be better than his stuff on the table. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so y- you have this mentality of saying, okay, I gotta, I gotta work. I gotta grind. I gotta move. I gotta make all of this stuff happen so that I get the promotion, I get the raise, I, I get the bigger office, I'm in charge of more people, and, and that's where my validation comes from. You can give your absolute best hours of the day to your kids, and they'll look at you and be like, "Yeah, Dad, your ears are so big. Why, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> exactly. They'll insult yeah. you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just being kids, but you don't, it's very rare, at least in my experience, that you get your validation from your kids. So yeah. Both of those are the wrong place to get your validation. Just, just yeah, for the record, by the way. Yeah. But now, as, as men, we find that and, um, making the conscious choice. Now I love, I hadn't yeah. heard that from Matt Chandler, but that's yeah. a great principle. Yeah. And talking about the validation, like I was counseling with a, a dad who owns his own business and very successful and, and does, he travels all over the world. Like you would see this guy and you're like, man, this dude's, he's, he's doing well, like he's doing well in his life and he's got several kids and, 
um, one of the things he told me, or we were just talking about, you know, some of his struggles as a dad, he said, I'll sit in a boardroom. We'll make multi-million dollar deals. And if I say jump, that whole room says how high, because hmm. he's got the authority. He goes home. It doesn't work the same way. His kids just laugh at him. And so he has to know, like, when I put the dad hat on, I'm not CEO. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm, I'm in charge, but I can't dictate like I would the office. And so he, for him, he's like, I had to recognize when I get home, I have to change how I respond because the conflict was happening with his kids and everything because he was treating them like they were employees. And you can't do that with your kids. Mm. And that's going to cause conflict every for time. Sure. So I, I always thought that was really good. Uh, one of the things with the Matt Chandler deal, um, there's a book, and I don't remember. I'll, I'll look it up but uh, and attach it to this podcast. But um, somewhere in the book, it talks about you know uh, taking off your, your work jacket. Mm. And there's a tree that this guy, every day, he would like take off his invisible jacket every single day of work and the stress and anxiety. He would take it off and hang it on the tree and go inside as a symbol for him to say, work is outside. I'm going to go be dad now. And I always love that analogy because he said, you know, when I get in the car, I grab it off the tree, you know, symbolize, act like I'm really putting on the jacket back on. Um, But for me, I took that and it just kind of happened. I have this ceramic pug. It's a, it's like a doorstop. It sits by my back door and it's been outside. We've had it for like eight years. It was Jen's grandpa's. I don't know where we came. It's broken. The kids have knocked it over. Um, but I have this dog. It's about, you know, 24 inches tall, ceramic, ugly looking thing. And for me, when I have those hard days, I see that thing right by the back door and I just rub its head like it's a real dog. And for me, that's, that's that Matt Chandler reset time of, all right, work was hard. I'm going to rub this dog. I'm going to leave all this on this dog. I've cussed this dog. I've yelled at him. I've, I've said, I'm leaving this here so I can go be a dad. And now, again, not perfect, but I've, I vividly remember it. And y'all can come by my house, and you'll see this ugly dog <laughs> by my back door. It's there still. And I use it not every day because, you know, we have good days. But those bad days, I try to just put my hand on it release the day so that I can go and give my kids everything I have. Um, and that's, that's just one tip that I'd stole from a book a long time ago. Maybe I stole cool. from Chandler, Maybe. but I don't know. Anyways, just want to encourage you guys got anything else about struggles uh, as we, as we exit. I think the, the biggest thing that I don't know where I, where I pick this up. It's definitely not original to me is that what I present to my kids should be the things that I want them to be. Hmm. And transparency, honesty, integrity, those are high values in our household. Yeah. And if I'm not modeling those for my kids and giving them my best and being emotionally available and being consistent in their lives and, and loving them well and, and honoring their mom, you know, and all of those things, how in the world could I expect that behavior to ever manifest itself in, in their lives? Yeah. And so that's an that's an impossible standard that I fail at every day. But I've tried to start training my mind to think, how is this action, these words, this you know, interaction with Sarah, how is this training my boys and now my my baby girl mm. to be a man or a woman after God when they're in their mid thirties? Yeah. That's good. It's real that's good. Great. 
I can't top that. Yeah. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll end on that. <laughs> well, guys, you, y'all are, I've seen you with your kids. Y'all are incredible dads. Appreciate y'all being on uh, the podcast. Um, if you're listening to this and you're going, man, I struggle too, and you want more information, empoweredhomes.org. We're going to have some uh, articles and resources and stuff, but you can also ask us questions, info at empoweredhomes.org. And uh, you can email that directly. Say, hey, I got a question about, you know, I struggle with blank. And uh, we'll get back to you with that stuff. So, Eric's, thank you all for being on the podcast. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. For more content and information to connect church and home, please visit empoweredhomes.org.